from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Good to be back in the studio. Jade and I and a bunch of the Ramsey personalities have been on the road. We were in Salt Lake City last week, uh, returned yesterday from Anaheim from doing an event out in in ca in california California. and uh, both both of you crowds uh, were absolutely incredible thank you guys you were very welcoming it was so good to be in both locations and be out in america seeing you guys and Mm -hmm. um we will never again after quarantines and stuff take for granted the ability to gather as a group and cheer on really good ideas Mm -hmm. and so we're really excited to be with you guys and the good news is we will be back on the microphone for a while yes that's we're, not, right. we're not traveling for a while and so we'll be here saddled into this thing and answering you guys questions so thanks for hanging out with us and for all of the uh the other ramsey personalities covering the bases while we've been hitting the road the phone number is 888-825-5225 that's 888-825-5225 lisa's in charlotte north carolina hi lisa how are you such an honor to talk to you, Dave. Hello, Jade. How are you? An honor to speak with you as well. How can we help? I am doing wonderful. First of all, thank you for telling us the truth. You got it. giving us a path and immense hope that our future can be bright. Not There are not too many people that, that are doing that today. So thank you for what you guys do. So here's my question. Um, I'm 60 years old. And I have two retirement-related questions. I'm retiring from my full-time teaching job at the end of this year, from which I will have a monthly pension paid to me for the rest of my life. I have a one-time opportunity to take a partial lump sum maximum withdrawal, which I estimate will be around $148,000. That will reduce my monthly benefit by about $1,000 a month. Um, My only debt is my house. Right now, it's 230 i I'm estimating it to be about 215 k by the time I retire at the end of this year. I think, Dave, you would tell me to take the one-time withdrawal and apply it to my mortgage, which would reduce my mortgage to about 105000 when I retire. Um, my reduced monthly benefit would cover my monthly expenses, plus I also currently have two part-time jobs that I will probably keep for a while. So my first question is, is it the right decision to take the lump sum withdrawal? Yes, you're right. That's what I now, thought you here's the thing. Is. You're not going to get a cash flow benefit from this till you finish paying off the mortgage, though. That is correct. So yeah. you've got to not, because you're, you're reducing your income by 1000 bucks a month, but you're not increasing your income by reducing your mortgage. Or you're not decreasing your mortgage correct. payment by reducing your mortgage balance until you pay it off. Mm-hmm. So we got to have a plan for knocking that other 105 out as fast as you can. Well, my plan was was to keep the two part-time jobs that I have now because yeah. my monthly pension will cover all of my expenses. So those other two part-time hey, jobs. But you're quitting teaching. That I, can still stay I am quitting full-time teaching, yes, but I also teach part-time. Mm. Okay. Why are you quitting? It's 60. <laughs> well, this is just my first retirement, Dave. So um, Why are you retiring this, at 60? Um. It's time for me to move on from higher ed. So you just want a second act. 
Okay. Well, I listen, is, listen. Is, step in, my, step in, and start doing some professorship online and some other things, and make some serious bank, and make as much as you were making teaching for the next two years, and pay that mortgage off. I don't like part-time I, I jobs when I still got a mortgage. I want you, and you're only sixty. Okay. You're you're just a pup. I appreciate that, Dave. <laughs> Let me ask, can, can I ask okay, an, can I ask a question in sure, this? Sure. So, is there any is there any point if she continues to work? full-time, even mm-hmm. though if it's not teaching, couldn't she take that lump sum and invest it in better investments? She could, but we're but we're on baby step six, and any extra money we get is not going into investments while there's still a mortgage. That's true. It's always going to go on the mortgage. So that's where she, that's why, that's why she went there. I see it. Correctly see. went there. And, but, the, but the problem is it doesn't gave, it doesn't in the short term give you any net benefit until we knock that mortgage out. So what I want to do somehow is gear up your income and your focused intensity, not crazy intensity, but let's get that 105 done because then you're going to not have a mortgage because of this move, and that's going to increase your net situation by more than $1,000. Agreed? Absolutely agreed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that that's where we want to go. Is that's what we got to get to for this to have a net effect mm-hmm. overall? Because the hundred forty eight thrown at the mortgage without paying it off does not change the mortgage payment. That's right. And uh, so that's that's we got to get to that other part of it. And um, it sounds like you're just you're just done with whatever you're doing emotionally. That's cool. I got no issue with that. But there's people making bank as online professors, and you control your own time. That is true. Really good money. I mean, you can maybe more than you're making now. I don't know what you're making, but maybe more than you're making now. Ann's in Las Vegas. Hey, Ann, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. So basically, my husband and I purchased a house. It's 33% of our total income, and we have about 84000 in debt. Now, we got into the Dave Ramsey Show at this point because obviously that was pretty stupid. And now... I'm nervous because I'm wondering if we should try to get rid of the house, but he says we shouldn't. How? If, if you can turn the corner without getting rid of the house, I'll probably keep the house. Go ahead. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, how how <laughs> likely is it that you can increase your income by 8% and clear that, close that gap? Well, right now I am in the process of getting a job. So hopefully if that falls, goes through, uh-huh. I'll find out today and that will, that will help out a lot. So you're not working and you're going to add how much income? Well, I'm retired military, so right now I make 34, but with the job I'm trying to get, I'll make almost 80. Oh. More? So you're going to increase uh, your household income $80,000? 40, 40, about $40,000. Oh, so you got 40 in retirement from military? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to increase your household income, the 33% problem, by 40 grand, right? Mm-hmm. Keep the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, but here's the right, deal. Cool. You're looking in the rearview mirror. You got eighty four thousand worth of stupid, and you've got a decision yeah. on buying a house you couldn't afford. So this has got to stop. We have to turn around and go yeah. the other direction, right? Yeah. Like the worm has turned. You guys are going to get freaking serious now. You're going to sell so much stuff the kids think they're next. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And no going out to eat, and. You have $84,000 worth of debt. Oh, and you don't need to go on vacation. Broke people don't go on vacation. So let's get the 84 cleaned up. Is this okay? Am I okay with you? 
Yeah, that's that's perfect. We're doing we're using every dollar now. We're going through um, FPU, so yeah, we're we're trying to get it together. Okay, you got you got your act going. Okay, because I can I can sense a turnaround, but I wanted to enhance it. As I don't want to just increase your income forty, keep the house, and then sit on our right, right. You know, s- sit on this. It's not not going to work. So <laughs> yeah, that that won't go. This is the Ramsey Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past. But a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Chris is with us in Atlanta. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. So just a little bit of background. I'm 42. Uh, I am a tree, uh, and all. And um, I have been, haven't been debt-free all my life, probably the last 15 years. But um, I feel guilty every time I spend money. We have 401k savings. We um, invest money. I still work. My wife still works. But it pains me to spend anything over $100 sometimes. Um, So I was wondering if you could tell me, do you still feel that even after 30 years of being debt-free or whatnot? Because I feel it. Our house is paid off we have no payments and I still get that clinching in my stomach every time we have to go do anything. I can't relax and have fun. So I was wondering if you could tell me maybe how you feel or if you felt the same way after you got out of debt and built, built a bunch of wealth. It's not, it's not guilt. It's fear. That makes sense. And what that is, is as Dr. John Deloney would say, your body is remembering being broke. And it's telling you that, that your spending is a threat. It's a threat. It's a threat. It's a threat. And so your fear activates. That's what happened to me anyway. Even 10 years after you got debt free. Not 10 years, but for a while it did. And I, I, what I did is just what you've done. I just recognized it was happening and i kind of like you're doing i started asking the question what the flip's going on i mean what's wrong with you you got a million dollars what are you pissing and moaning about going to the grocery store for you know oh it drives my wife crazy yeah i mean that's what that's what that was me talking to me not you okay but i'm just saying i had to kind of go okay uh, and again i'll I'll just bring i'll channel my inner deloney god help us but um (laughs) Yeah, but the <laughs> you're doing good. Uh, but but the you know the the, the thing it, it um I had to 
do two things. One is I had to say, all right, facts are my friends. Okay, so what is your net worth, Chris? I would say probably 2.2. And you're 42 years old, and you're 100% debt-free, and your household income is what? Uh, Around 275. Okay, so let's just be realistic for a second. If we took $200,000 in $100 bills out of your net worth, and put it in the fireplace and burned it. He's now got cold sweats, Jade. Um, I know he does. If we did that, yeah, if we did that. that, your life is not going to change 1%. Really? Possibly. That's a fact. <laughs> no, that's a fact. Yeah, true. Other than the true. nervous breakdown that you would have. But I'm just saying, but the but you, you know what I'm saying? Mathematically, are you as okay with 2 million as you are with 2.2? You are. We know that to be true. That is a fact. It's a fact. So when you go and 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 go on a nice vacation and drop ten grand for your poor wife who has put up with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I just did that and I had a nervous break. I know. I I know. But the reason is you're you're acting like your your fear mechanism is activating as if you're broke and the facts tell us that that is a false signal and can i take it one further chris because i kind of relate to some of what you're saying um on sam and i's journey through this debt-free journey and and then some i've had to go there's been certain moments that i've had to go back and find where that emotion is coming from Mm -hmm. and i've had to think back on what what was the instance where that was ignited like okay it was when i asked for lunch money and, and and someone blew up on me right or it was because i did this and that was the first time that that there was a phrase you heard yes we we ain't got no money that was the phrase i heard growing up chris and there's been so many times in my life i've I've had to go back and find where that came from and speak to it directly and go hey if if i if i buy this pair of tennis shoes right now it's not going to break the budget no one's going to yell at me no one's going to you know and i've had to go back and say that if i buy what i would like to have for lunch at the grocery store there's no guilt there i'm not going to throw the budget off the family's not going to pay for it. i've had to say that and i think sometimes my guess is that there's some things that have happened that have caused some trigger in you and you got to go back and identify that and on, honestly speak directly to it and say hey i'm not there anymore and I'll tell you, this, I'll tell you this, the, another, another place we've dealt with this, Chris, was um, once I kind of started getting past it, the fear, the sheer, it's not fear, it's sheer terror mm-hmm. that my wife Sharon felt when we went bankrupt and lost everything and we had a brand new baby and a toddler and the lights got cut off. If I even have a similar body language or tone 30 years later towards spending like the emergency fund and it makes it activates that it triggers that inside of her mm-hmm. we have to we have to just time out and back up because she has to start right. breathing again mm-hmm. it because she i can i can <laughs> she's she feels like i'm doing what i did when i went broke for just a nanosecond and it activates and all of these lights light up in her in, in her uh, her physical body changes i mean her her, her she gets pissed off from being really terrified yeah. again and it just doesn't That's how i am yeah yeah and it, it, it activates it all fear and anger are best friends they run around <laughs> together and so um 
terrible feeling. Yeah, it is. It is. Know? But here's the point. Okay. Number one, facts are your friends. All you got to do is when you start doing that, you just have to stop and go, now, wait a minute. That's not real. This is, this is fear that's called false evidence appearing real. This is a, this is a falsehood. Us spending this money is not irresponsible and it's not going to break our family. And you just have to talk to yourself and build the muscle then of doing that. The other thing you can do is you have a very specific process put in place and go, okay, like for instance, Sharon and I, we do not spend or give more than a thousand dollars without talking to each other. And if it's more than a thousand dollars, we wait overnight. Also, we breathe. Now, okay. do we have okay. to do that mathematically today? Absolutely not. We got all kinds of margin, but we do it as an act of respect to each other to keep from activating those scars, those wounds from having gone broke. And, uh, you know, it was the first five years after going broke for me. And even today, I'm telling you that we still, if we're, if we don't abide by some certain processes that are safety valves, yep. then we can still step back over that line and they're emotional processes. They're mm-hmm. not mathematical processes. That's Cause right. again, we could give away, I mean, we could take X number of dollars and put it in the middle of the floor and burn it and yeah. it wouldn't affect our lives. We've got the money. It's not, mm-hmm. that's not the issue. So mathematically, it's not the problem, but, but the action, the body language, the tone, the process used seems impulsive, mm-hmm. irresponsible, out of control, immature, and it, it feels like the old days. That's right. And boy, it'll light your butt up. It will. I mean, it's just another component to when we say money is, I mean, it's behavioral and it's behavioral in the moment, but it's also taking into account the behaviors you did beforehand and you feel that and you're still connected to those. And so when you get in a moment where you're like, why am I freaking out right now? You know, when I know for Sam, if the bank account used to hit a certain number, he'd start being like, okay, 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 we got to go do something. Okay, 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 and, okay. and that's the way it is. We can't act like these things didn't have an effect on us mentally and that that behavior didn't affect us because it does. Now, I am much more healed Yes, 30 years ago than I was 30 months mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. the bankruptcy. Yes. You know, 30 years later versus 30 months later. Mm-hmm. And so you should go through a healing process, but it's also just wise to acknowledge what's really going on here. And Absolutely. then so, number one, we're going to say, oh, that's not real. Number two, you look at the actual ratios and go, okay, we're, we're not being irresponsible. So why am I feeling, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then you learn to pr- you practice your way through normal feelings mm-hmm. versus wounded feelings. Mm-hmm. This is The Ramsey Show. Guys, there's some weird stuff going on out there in the work world, in the labor market, and it is crushing particularly small business owners. They have had to deal with the great resignation, quiet quitting, and a lack of people signing up that are skilled workers for jobs. And they can't get their work done because they can't get the help they need. It's been relentless. Uh, These participation trophies and helicopter parents are making snowflakes at a record rate. And um, and it's a problem. It's a real problem. Now, I got to tell you, Gen Z and millennials, we love those generations. We got a bunch of them here. They're absolutely incredible. And there's some of them that are useless. Now, the ones that are useless aren't here. We don't let them work here. But the, uh, the ones that are awesome are absolutely amazing. We got a bunch of them on this team. So to put this chaos in perspective... Uh, Political economist Nicholas Eberstadt found that 7 million able-bodied males have just left the workforce. 
They're just not looking for work. They're not in the unemployment statistics. They're living in their mother's basement, their girlfriend's house, or their wife is working, and they are just not choosing to work. This is insane. It's not good for them. It's not good for the economy. Business owners need to know how to make it to the other side of this mess. So tonight, Thursday, May the 4th, yes, I know, it's Star Wars Day, I'm teaming up with Micro and five best-selling authors and experts for our America's Labor Crisis live stream. We'll be doing the live stream from the Ramsey Event Center here this evening. Micro has uh, came back with us from L.A. when we were out there yesterday, and I've had the blessing of spending a lot of time with Mike lately, and I really think the world of this guy. We're going to talk about work ethic, and we're going to talk about how to hire in these situations, and uh, we're going to talk about how to lead properly so that you attract the right kind of people. And we're going to bring in all these experts of what's really going on, because there's some very interesting dynamics in the marketplace right now. So if you are in business or want to be in business and you want to learn about this labor crisis that's going on, it's a free live stream tonight, RamseySolutions.com slash labor crisis. It'll be right on the front page of the website at RamseySolutions.com. And boom, you can uh, sign up, watch it. It starts at 7 p.m. Central Time, and we would absolutely love to have you so jade the department of education has issued guidance to student loan companies to begin collecting payments in september so you mean these people really want their money back <laughs> and the, you mean the president's actually going to let them do it mm. he, he's announced that he's running for re-election i know now he's going to make you pay your student loans is he though do you think he's going to try to kick it down the can kick the can down the road one more time no you think this is no, it? I think he, I don't think the Department of Education would have put this notice out if they weren't going to do it because they've not done this in the future. That's true. That is a very good point. All of the other deadlines that were approaching, they were silent. That's and true. He kicked the can. He kicked the can. He kicked the can. And this time, I think he's going to do it. Now, I have to have another. Th- I have to have an alternate theory, mm-hmm. and that would be okay. So when we get up closer to election, uh, it's going to come up that he didn't really forgive the student loans. Of course, unless he does something again. So expect another announcement during the election year, but also expect to start paying your payments again in September. That's true. And I can't help but think about the effect of this on folks because I think the average student loan payment is about $480. Mm-hmm. And people have gotten, I mean, it's been three years. People have gotten so used to. Three years. Three years. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. And people have, I mean, it's, this is your lifestyle. Now, people bought houses based off of. That they don't have their student loan payments. Yes. And they bought cars, Dave. Based on they don't yes. have their student loan payments. They bought, look, they traded in that $480 student loan payment for a car note for $480. Yeah, but don't or waste more. a good crisis because we, we had a quarantine that was in, in our area was about 30 days. Yeah. And, um. But we got three good years out of it. Three years. So don't, I wonder. Don't waste a crisis. I just wonder, Dave, when when those payments hit, August thirty first is supposed to be that that magic date, and I just wonder how this is going to affect people's financial world. We, I mean, think about it. People overspent like crazy on here, homes. Here's the, here's the other thing. From a political standpoint, you got to think about this. You can't wait until just before the election to do this. If he does it now, they're going to be pissed off at him. That's what I'm but saying. But they will forget about it by November next. 
Yeah, that's true. So if, he, they, if people have the attention span of a gnat, they don't remember. To, they can't stay pissed off for a whole year. Yeah. And so uh, 14 months. That's true. So that that it's really, I mean, you have to know that these are political animals and these political animals function 100% of the time on instinct mm-hmm. and the instinct is politics. It is not reality. They may or may not forget. They may forget. It depends yeah, on the they'll outcome. Forget. They'll forget. Because it, 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 if this if this causes folks to have to nope. change their lifestyle, well, they know, might still be bitter. They, they'll forget. They'll forget. Because they, they can't. They I'm telling you. It's, you're right, though. I mean, you're right. People do forget quickly. Yeah. I mean. So the White House announced last November that federal student loan payments would resume 60 days after the Education Department is allowed to initiate its student loan forgiveness plan or after the Supreme Court litigation is resolved, whichever comes first. In February, the Supreme Court heard arguments against President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, and they're expected to issue a ruling in late June or early July. And so basically they've given him a tip of the hat and said, uh, we are not going to rule in your favor. That's what it is. And so July plus 60, there it is. Yeah. July plus 60. Wow. It's It's an omen. What's activating it is the Supreme court thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's, he's going to lose and he knows it. And they're being kind by giving him this forewarning. Yes. (laughs) Well, they weren't supposed to do that, but they do that. And now this is your warning. Yeah. To get your budding gear. Well, I mean, why did you get need ready a for this? Did you think it was going to go away? Dave, people thought they thought wrong. I know. They didn't think. They Th- thought. Thinking is a lost art form. Sebastian is with <laughs> us. Sebastian's in West Palm Beach. Hey, Sebastian, how are you? Hey, Dave. Hey, Jade. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Uh, so, my question is I bought a house uh, last year, August. Um, I'm a software engineer. At that time, we were working hybrid where we go to the office um, twice a month, so once every two weeks. And I was looking to buy a house, and everything in my area was just out of my budget or everything that wasn't my budget. Me and my wife didn't think it was appropriate for us. So we bought a house about an hour and a half away from my office, and I figured that drive is doable uh, once every two weeks. Fast forward almost a year now, and now my job is basically saying we're still hybrid, but we're going to need to come into the office twice a week. And what I'm trying to figure out is, I mean, I guess that drive is a little doable, but I've been wondering if it's a good idea to maybe rent my house out and buy something else closer to my office. Why would you rent the house out? Why would you not just sell it and purchase a new house closer to where you're living? Working. So Working. I've thought about that. Yeah, so I've thought about that. Me and my wife love the house. Like we, and she doesn't want to give it up for nothing in the world. But, and but I, you wouldn't be living I, in it. So our plan would be to rent it out. I know, but you're putting renters in a house you love. This is not something you do to things you love. Okay. She may you know, love I mean, the house. I mean, that... I get that she loves the house, but you guys are trying to solve a problem. And sometimes when you're trying to solve a problem, you've got to make a sacrifice. And that's really what it boils down to. What, and about, I know, cha- what about changing jobs? So, I mean, I wouldn't change my career, but maybe to a different company. Yeah, that's um, close to where you live. I could probably, um, as a software engineer, there's probably where I'm at now, it's not a big market for it. You would have to go more closer to the bigger cities, or unless I go remote, because I've thought about that idea as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's just for the tech industry right now, it's a little bit tough. No, it's um, not. No, it's not. There's a shortage of software engineers. I got three on the books to hire right now. Move to Tennessee. Work for us. We we need you. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, no, I'm no, I that's not there's not a shortage. There might be a shortage of remotes. Remotes dying quickly. No pun intended. But yeah, the uh I would sell my house and move closer to work, or I would change jobs. I would not keep it as a rental. Bad plan. Bad plan. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. If you're new to Ramsey, and a bunch of you are, we know that based on our ratings increases recently, our increased following on social media and of course the uh, podcast and rankings are going through the roof thank you guys if you're brand new and you were trying to figure out what it is we're speaking here around here because we do kind of use a different lingo language vernacular then uh just go to ramseysolutions.com click on the get started button completely free no salesman will call and we'll help you figure out where you are and start teaching you and giving you some direction on things like baby steps and debt snowballs and all those kinds of things and so be sure and check all that out jennifer is with us in detroit michigan hi jennifer how are you hello thanks for having me on sure what's up well i'm looking for your opinion i'm uh new at this i'm uh, baby steps i guess you would say uh i am 60 years old uh divorced i co-care for my mother who has dementia mm. um but i do ha- i have uh 600K in a professionally managed retirement account. I own my own home outright. Um, I own two rental homes outright, and I own a development lot in the golf course community that I'm going to sell to a developer. Um, what I'm wondering is how I grow my wealth. Um, do I go, do I put um, my money from this land that I'm going to sell into a uh, professionally managed account, or do I put it back into real estate? Wow. You've done such a good job. Well, um, <laughs> I think you're probably a whole lot better than you think you are. Right. Everything well, I, you told I, me was wisdom. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. I just need to make it last for my life. So yeah, it, you're, you're fine. You're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. What's your home worth? Uh, it's about a million dollars. And what are the uh, other pieces of real estate worth? Uh, let's see. Total, I have. Let's see. I have two rental properties that are probably a million two total. Uh, the lot that I own is a million plus. So you have so, a four. You have about almost amazing. a four million dollar net worth. Yeah. You're yeah. sixty years old. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you need to be teaching the classes, not answering the question, asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Well done. So let me, t- let me tell you what you have done so far. Okay? okay. So far, you have kept your investment portfolio very, very clean and in things that you felt comfortable with and understood. Real yeah. estate and managed accounts. That's where all your wealth is. Paid for real mm-hmm. estate, I might add. Okay. Right. So why don't we just do that? Okay. I mean, you're four million dollars so, net worth at sixty years old. Nobody can argue with your results. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, you didn't do it in the last six um, months in crypto and then lose it four months <laughs> later, right? 
<laughs> no. No, you, you're not. You're not. You don't live in Stupidville. I mean, so I, <laughs> absolutely. I I would be the one asking you questions. <laughs> Jennifer, you've so, done such a great job. Yeah, I think you sell the lot because you're going to. There's no question about that. Uh-huh. And you don't want necessarily a million dollars tied up in a single building lot that's not creating an income. And you're going to buy some right. income producing properties or you're going to put it into managed accounts. Or you could do both. You could buy a half million dollar income producing property and a half million dollars in a managed account. Okay. That'd be okay. All right. So well, do you do you like the real estate rentals? Um, it's okay. I mean, of course, you know, rentals are a lot of work and finding the right people and so forth. And so, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I do it because I need to. So, yeah, well, it's, it's, if you don't manage it, well, it doesn't produce, but when you go through the extra hassle that you don't have with the managed accounts, you make more money on the real estate than you do on the managed accounts, but you have more time invested. Agreed. Right, and I don't. I only have a couple, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's not like exactly. I have exactly. a lot. So, so maybe half and half then. Uh, or I don't care if you just if you had answered the question and said, you know, I love real estate. I think real estate's the place to be. I, it gets me excited. I'm going to go mm-hmm. buy a million dollar. I'm going to go buy a little a little small strip center, and that's in a, yeah. in a nice area. It's going to be easy to rent to some retailers, and I'm going to make some money that way. I have a different kind of rental property and because I, I love real estate. That would be an okay answer. Or I want to buy two more houses or three more houses. That would be an okay answer. Or I hate re- dealing with renters. These two are about all I want, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so I'm going to dump it all into managed funds. Mm-hmm. All of these are good answers. Okay. It's what do you want to well, do. But here's what you did. I want you to hear it loud and clear. You kept it simple. Okay. And you didn't put money in things unless you understood them, and you've avoided fear, and you've had a lot of peace. <laughs> well, I've had a little fear, <laughs> but that's uh, Well, okay. but I mean, by and large, you haven't had a lot to be afraid about. You don't have debt. Yeah. You've got a big pile of money. You're 60 years old. I think you're highly successful. I think you did a, unless you got divorced six months ago and your hus- ex-husband did all this, uh, I'm very impressed. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I think you did a great job and I would just very, do I would do more good. of what you have done. And uh by the way, this is normative for the those of you out here listening. When we study millionaires, what do they do? They're pretty boring. Yeah. Yep. Paid for home, retirement accounts, money invested in cash real estate. Accounts. You know, it's just it's it's they're just they're not doing double backflip family limited partnerships that somebody heard about on Midnight Cable <laughs> or Tic Tac. You know, we're not we're not getting our financial advice from the Chinese social media channel. Oh you my God! You, you know? don't think she rented out a uh, bought a quadplex and lives in the kitchen and she's not fifty seven million dollars in debt and thinks it's so- <laughs> thinks it's sexy. No, she's not. She's brilliant. Very yes, wise. Very cool very calm but here's the thing when i have talked to we used to do an event called uh wealth wealth something i can't think what's called now but one when i was talking to these wealthy people that came to this thing they all felt like that they should be doing something more complicated Mm -hmm. and yet all of them are sitting there with two five ten million dollar net worth (laughs) and and the stuff they're doing is working and it's very the kiss principle keep it simple stupid Well, and yeah. man, I, I learned from that. I learned from that. I don't, I don't do anything. I buy real estate. I do the same thing she does. Yeah. I buy real estate that's paid for for as an investment. Uh, I increase my generosity factor yeah. and I 
and, and I invest in mutual funds. Well, and that's inf- really all I do. The infomercials I, make you think there's a, a secret. It's the secret that's well, only society. for the wealthy. When you come from an area that a group of people that doesn't have money, then you, you hear all the mythology about rich people, right. all the theories from poor people about rich people. That's right. That's and, right. And, and it's, it's, it's like unicorns and skittles mm-hmm. and rainbows and stuff that people yeah. like us don't understand. And so when yeah. people like us actually get there, mm-hmm. then we think we did something wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's just not true. You did exactly what you're supposed to do. So keep it simple. Stupid is a great rule. <laughs> That's for me. I use it for me. And, you know, put money only in things you understand and that you have peace about and, uh, and, and be playing long ball. Never, mm-hmm. you know, not don't, we're not trying to get rich quick. We're thinking mm-hmm. about 10 years out, 20 years out, 30 years out, which is why she's bailing on that lot. Yeah. She thinks right. that lot has peaked that's and right. she's probably right. I would have loved to have interviewed her just a little bit further to find out a little bit more how she exactly how she did this and the time frames and all of that. Well, uh, she mentioned she was divorced, so I, I don't know when that occurred, but mm-hmm. at some point she got a lump sum and a broken mm-hmm. heart. That's right. And in the middle of those scars and tears had to be wise. That's right. And fear had to be wise. Mm-hmm. And something led her in up this path that is a really, really good path. This is not a caller. We can take credit for their results because she had not followed us. Yeah. She's new to our stuff. So, but she's followed common sense, which is what we talk about. Same every thing day we here. teach. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Very, very cool well stuff. done. Very impressive. Very impressive. So this is like when someone uh, gets a big life insurance check after their spouse dies. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I want you to. I, I want that fear, that, that broken heart to motivate you to go slowly yeah, and to make good, wise, careful decisions. Mm-hmm. Same kind of a thing there. And man, she just did a great job with that. Just amazing. Very, very cool. I love it. Ah, that puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. What's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.